BorderCast podcast is a product of BorderCast.com. We are a dedicated team of meteorologists that provide weather forecasts, discussions, and analysis specific to Boulder County. If you want to receive email notifications for our posts, look for the subscribe button on our homepage. You can also find us on Facebook and Twitter at BoulderCast. If you have questions or comments or would like to suggest a topic for future shows, message us at contact at BoulderCast.com. BoulderCast, a Boulder take on weather. Welcome to the BoulderCast Podcast. Your host Andy and Joseph and Ben are here with us, as always. I'm not host, by the way. Hello? First off, here's a noble toast to, to my everybody. podcast buddies, Joseph. What? <laughs> I didn't know we are doing a toast. Okay. So what have you guys been up to? Um, our last podcast was a few weeks ago, I think. Like two weeks ago? Um, yeah. Yeah, was it two weeks ago? Yes, so. Yeah. Yeah, because we were... It was definitely before Super Bowl. We went skiing last weekend. Um, Who are we? Joseph and I and Trevor. And Ben. <laughs> ben doesn't ski. Uh, uh, that's right. Yeah, he went skiing. He was uh, he was <laughs> zipping down those moguls. And... He only broke two bones. Who? <laughs> oh, you? Yeah. You did? No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, Joseph, tell us your experience in the skiing. For the second time ever? Yeah, it's my second time ever skiing. Um, it was fine. I like it. I mean, I fell. <laughs> Did it hurt? A little bit. Did you hit any bit. trees? No, thank God. <laughs> Let's just say you learned how to fall. Yeah, I learned how to fall. Okay. Yep. Fall into the snow. You know about my friend Ashley, right? What happened to her? I heard about it. But... She went skiing. Uh-huh. First time she ever went skiing, she, uh-huh. like, fell and broke her arm. Wait, really? <laughs> when? She has a cast now. <laughs> when? I don't know, a couple weeks ago. couple weeks ago? No, I guess, like, six weeks ago. She broke her arm? Yeah. It's dangerous, man. You never know what can happen when you're skiing. Did, did, did she, like, get a lesson or something? No, I think it was just with her, like, friend or something. Oh, my God. That's bad. If you go with someone that doesn't want to, like, take the time to, like, teach you, I guess. Yeah, it could it's be It's going to be bad news because yeah, you're going to feel like you're obligated to, like, go fast and, like, follow yeah, them. Yeah. That's, that's, that's not good. That's, that's why I did the that's first That's probably time. what happened. That's why I did yep, the first Yep, and that's time. how you ended up with your broken knee. Yeah. Or busted knee. Busted knee, yep. You yeah. had to go along with them. If you have friends like those, you don't need enemies, man. <laughs> Just oh, kidding. Only No, talkers. no, they're, they're good. They're <laughs> fine. They're fine. <laughs> Well, that's good. Guess, Second time was better, though. Oh, yeah, definitely. For sure. And Andy's good. Andy's a good teacher. Trevor good Trevor's pretty good at it. Yeah. Trevor's Are you guys teaching him and going slow and stuff? Mostly Trevor. He's he's He knows the technique. I can teach by example, but he can teach by, like, teaching. By <laughs> giving pointers and whatnot. Yeah. But, I mean, Andy's with me pretty much most all, all day. I mean, on easy greens, too, and, you know. I just fall, 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 and then oh, we went on the wait, wait, wait. We went on the That's blues. Fine. Yeah, I can't fall. The blues, and I you, literally you like ran to the tree. What's Me? blues? Is that short Did for I? bunny? It's like medium. No. It's like inter- intermediate. <laughs> <laughs> okay. 
but he like fell into a tree or something. Yeah, whatever. I got scared. Anyway, um, and yeah, then that uh, I'll go again. And there was that girl who was like coming to help you. Yeah, and she was she was very nice. And then Whoa, she was really? like she's like I tried, and I'm like, all right, I'll go up there. <laughs> I know. Oh man, was she an instructor or just? Scary. Yeah, just ran, just random people. Scary, yeah. Wow. Yeah. She's nice. I mean, people in general are nice. I mean, I got I got helped by like little kids too. I mean, when I fell down and all my skis like came out and the little kids like picked up my pulse. That's that's brutal. <laughs> I'm a I'm a newbie, man. I mean, I'm, I'm literally a beginner. I mean, if I go ski ten times, I'll probably still be a beginner. Just saying, I mean, I probably won't go on booze <laughs> by myself anytime soon. Yeah. Anyway, what's up with you, man? Not too much. That's, what, a, that's okay. what you always say. I guess last weekend we went on that hike. <laughs> Is that last weekend? No. No, that was three weeks ago? What? No. Two, two weeks ago. It was right after, the day after our podcast. Oh, okay. Last podcast. See, we can talk about that. Sure, you talk about it. Yeah, did you get any good pictures? We so don't want to say where it is. It's some remote place in Colorado. It might not even be in Colorado, actually. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fair enough. Maybe in, like, I don't know, Missouri or something? Could be in Alaska, who knows? Alaska, yeah, yeah right. <laughs> yeah, it's not even in Colorado. <laughs> that was a fun hike, though. It's pretty windy. We were up maybe, like, 8,500 or 9,000 feet. No, we did not climb that far. I mean, we drove that far. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the We the road. hiked maybe like three... I mean, the road... The road's around 7,000-something, right? Well, I know we were up there. I had a GPS. Yeah, I think we hiked maybe 500 feet. Yeah. About five, that. 700 feet. It was maybe. fun. It wasn't too cold. No yeah. snow, whatnot. Got cut in my, like, knees well, or something. It was a good first hike for the year. It was cool. to hike. Oh yeah, it was my first hike in the year. Gotta start easy. That was not that easy. <laughs> you almost died. <laughs> I won't go that far. No. No, it's not even like close to my near death experience, but yeah, sure. <laughs> well I thought it was pretty cool to see the the snow like kind of like it's called like a sp- spillover effect. Where it comes yeah. from you know, the Rockies and spills over into the foothills oh yeah so that was pretty cool to see yeah i forgot it was snowing a little bit yeah we had a couple good waves move through yeah and then it got sunny right after it was pretty cool for a meteorologist it's pretty cool yeah yeah i guess i'm not a true meteorologist it was nice and warm too it was like 50 some degrees and it was snowing i know yeah so i mean it's windy but it was nice yeah but um yeah we did that and then, uh, yeah, not too much exciting going on. <laughs> I went to the, had to drive to the airport the other the other day, and there was to the airport. Yeah, for what? Mm, for work. For one reason oh. or another. Okay. <laughs> but <laughs> usually we go like every Wednesday. For one for reason or another. Work. Okay. Can't say, but. <laughs> Fair enough. But uh. Usually, we usually go like 10 a.m. because there's no traffic. We can just drive out and drive, come back pretty quick. Mm-hmm. Okay. Or whatever. But this particular day, there was like this huge traffic jam on I-270. 
We're like, man, what's going on? There has to be an accident. And it was just like 45 minutes or an hour of like waiting in traffic. Uh-huh. You know? And uh, so we get up there and it turns out there was like someone just like got out of their car and like ran away and left their car like sitting on the highway. Wow. <laughs> okay. So it's probably like a stolen car or something. It's someone oh, just like abandoned on the road. I see, I see. Like wow. in the right lane with the four ways on. Wow. I don't know. It's just the weirdest thing. Did you, was it there when you got back? Mm, I didn't go back that way. <laughs> How do you even like... I took the toll road back. <laughs> How do you even like get out from I-270, I I mean, with just, you know, no car. Like with no car. I mean, with like, you, you were on your feet. And you got off your car on I-270, and then you see, like, refinery. and <laughs> Someone probably picked him up or something. I guess. Just freaking got out of his car, and the other guy drove away. I don't know. People are nuts, man. There was no one in that car. <laughs> it's like this Fair huge enough. orange truck with, like, huge tires and, like, rims. <laughs> it was weird. Huh. Who knows, but, yeah. That was a big waste of time. <laughs> wow. That's good. You got paid. Yeah, it's traffic time. Yeah, I guess. Time. Do, do you drive or your colleague drive? I'm driving. Oh, not too bad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wasn't that bad? No one was with me. Wait, you were, you were by yourself? <laughs> yeah. Oh. In my own car, yeah. Hmm. Okay. There was like 20 of our cars. Fair enough. <laughs> but, yeah, nothing more exciting going on. I guess not. It was pretty windy the other day. Yeah, it was so windy. My patio furniture blew over. We can talk about that in the week. Hey, the, whoa. the past week's weather. Whoa, we're skipping ahead. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, we we can discuss that in more <laughs> detail when we get to it. <laughs> yeah. Well, so, what do you got, Andy? Uh, no. Last two weeks. Yeah, not a whole lot. Just pretty much working. Too much work. Just working. So we have this El Nino mission. Probably discussed it on the last podcast. And. uh... <clears throat> I provide them forecast guidance every morning. You know, we're tracking these things called atmospheric rivers, which are these plumes of moisture that can extend from potentially the tropics, um, subtropics, sometimes west of Hawaii, so like past, you know, the Dateline sometimes, extending into California. And so these are like heavy precipitation producers in the wintertime when California and the West Coast primarily get their heaviest rainfall so what's the difference between an atmospheric river and just the subtropical jet or is it the same thing um i'm not sure i'm not really experiencing these yet i'm kind of learning as i go along doesn't it originate from like the warm pool yeah you can kind of track it backwards it's kind of like if you look at a plot like of precipitable water you can kind of see the winds and how it Mm-hmm. Pulls in some subtropical moisture, but doesn't it, it did all, come, all. Doesn't it all stem from the like convective area? Yeah, above yeah. the warm pool. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I don't it d- depends how strong the system is and how much moisture it pulls in mm-hmm. from the south. Mm-hmm. So if it's a really weak system, you'll see like it's that moisture plume is like really narrow, but sometimes mm-hmm. it can be a little bit wider. Okay. Um, so we were tracking one this week, and it was going to hit the West Coast tomorrow night, Saturday night. No, wait, tomorrow night is Saturday. Um, <laughs> Saturday night, Sunday night, and Monday night. 
So okay. there's like three waves with it. And of can or Canada? Yeah, I was gonna hit like state of Washington and then British Columbia. Oh, so it's coming from the north, not from the south? Well, come from the south and west. So mm-hmm. it kinda comes it's overriding like overriding the ridge. Overriding the ridge. Oh, I thought Amosric River is from southwest. Yeah, it is. Yeah. But you're talking about more like from the northwest. No. Well, no. the actual low pressure yes. is over like south of the Aleutians and it goes into the Gulf of Alaska. But the actual okay. river is to the south of that. You know, like it with like just the same with like a warm front or something like that. Mm-hmm. Just like and so we were checking that. It's yeah. We were checking that and we we had a actual um Global Hawk flight today. It was going to go today and to tomorrow morning, so it was a 22-hour mission. Mm-hmm. And it was going to release 60-something drop zones to take observations, to sample that, and improve the forecast. But apparently, <laughs> there was an issue with releasing the drop zones. So, so it just flew? It, it, had, it has other observations on it, mm-hmm. like radar... Um, but it only released two drop zones. So there was some kind of malfunction. And yeah. they can't really return it because it's a, it's an unmanned aircraft. And so, What do you mean return it? Or they can't really debug it while it's on yeah. over the ocean. So right now it's just flying back to America? Right now it's probably... Well, it's, it was going to sample the jet streak. And then it was going to sample... There was a cutoff low that's going to be oh. developing... Well, it has already developed today, but it was going to develop south of California, and that was going to be a player for next week. And yeah. So they were going to sample both areas, wow. but apparently we won't get any of those areas. <laughs> so well, if, you have, if you have a radar, that would be okay. I mean, drop zones would be really good because you have to profile. Yeah, that's what we were hoping for. But it's it's not too bad if you have radar. I mean, you still have... Yeah, you can kind of get something like profiles, infer it in some ways. And like uh, wind, wind speed and whatnot, radio wind speed. And... Yeah. What's so, the wingspan on a Global Hawk? I don't know exactly, but uh, it's pretty pretty long. It stores all the gasoline in the, in the wings. How long do you think it is? How, like 10 I feet? have pictures of it. 50 feet? I have pictures of it. 12 feet? <laughs> no, it's probably Commercial maybe... Field? 100 feet? What? 100 feet? Wing to wing? From the other side to the other side? That's just huge. Just big. Yeah, I'll have to... Sounds like a man. Like a man aircraft. Why don't they just put a person in it if it's going to be that big? Well, it's a, <laughs> it's a small. It's small, but the wing is, is really long. Fair enough. 100 foot wings? But it's really small? Let me see if I can find it. Alright, we okay. can move on to other topics. It's no big deal, but... But yeah, that's what I've been doing, and so... Uh, not much else. That keeps most of me busy. I get up really early. Well, that must be okay. <laughs> It's kind yeah. of fun, though. It's kind of nice. Hey. Yeah. They're like, good discussion as always, Andrew. Good discussion. Uh, good discussion as always. <laughs> Whereas, like, I have no idea what I'm really doing. Because, like, I'm not experienced over the Pacific Ocean. You know, I don't know anything about synoptic meteorology over the ocean. So it's kind of learning as you go. <laughs> Fair enough. 
but you kind of get to learn like you know how models do in the long range because we're tracking things you know six seven days out so you get to learn how can you verify it i mean what are the observations over the ocean well we're we're, so we're, we're tracking something that would like be tracking something that would hit the coast two days in advance. So we want to sample something two days in advance of it hitting the West Coast. Yeah, you want to nail it two days in so advance. So we want to have like a lead time of two, two to three days. Before you keep an eye on the yeah. forecast. Yeah. So we'll, b- before we do that, they have to know five days in advance where they want to fly. Do they really trust this stuff? <laughs> so you're forecasting because, five days yeah, in advance for something you, that's two days in advance. Because it keeps changing. Yeah, so like, if, so like Monday, we have to give them a box region for a flight plan for Wednesday, tracking something hitting on Friday. Mm. But as you know, I mean, the model is going to change from day to day. And How big your box have to be? They can make it really big the first day, but then the next day, like Tuesday for Wednesday, you'd have to make it more confined. Do you only have certain days the, the Global Hawk can fly? Yeah. Like you know your mission's like next Thursday. Yeah. Like, where do you want to take this next Thursday? Well, they have one day a week. It's called like a hard down day where the aircraft crews mm-hmm. can't work so just by like union rules or something like that. Well, <laughs> Everyone should get a day it, off. Does it fly every day then? Like six days in a week? Um, well, it's a, it would be a full day flight. So if oh. it did like Monday to Tuesday, the next day could be, you know, like Wednesday to Thursday. Because it would go into Tuesday. So that would be considered two days, per se. So wait, it flies for 22 hours? It could do 24. Back, refuels, and then goes out on someone else's mission? Yeah. But we haven't, had, we haven't had any missions up to today. Because there's been a huge ridge, as you know, on the mm-hmm. West Coast. So it's been kind of... It's been kind of hard to find storms. Yeah, it's not like it's not the time to have a global hawk under your belt. <laughs> but it looks like it looks like the pattern becomes more active as the mission ends. Didn't that happen last year? That last global hawk mission you were on? Uh, September. Yeah, we didn't have much storms. It was like we a were ridge. <laughs> we were tracking Alaska at that, that point, but then some some malfunction on the global hawk and they had to cancel the whole mission. Wow! Oh, so they cool. had to cut it short. So. Hopefully they'll get this thing fixed because uh, we we were hoping to get some good case studies out of these. Yeah, <laughs> but, two drop songs they can get you a case study. Two drop songs. <laughs> but well, it's a good experience if you guys ever do it. It's it's, it's worth doing. So what does a drop song do? Well, we take the drop songs. Well, they basically descend from the the global hawk flies around fifty something thousand feet. Mm-hmm. And then that drops on, descends, like a parachute attached to it. And descends, I don't know how fast it goes, but... Is it literally you know, it basically, just a Vaisal or radius on? I don't know what the brand does is. Does it look different? How fast it goes, free fall? <laughs> I, yeah, I guess, yeah. What? As a parachute? As a parachute. Okay, sure. So it goes like one meter per second would probably be their speed. So that sounds about right. Down. I mean, it could go really fast. I was depends on the upper level winds so. as well. I guess I don't know though. But either way, it measures temperature, wind, moisture, those random, those you know usual variables. Okay. And then we mm-hmm. would actually input that into the forecast models, like yeah. G- GFS. 
and hopefully improve the actual background initial condition background state yeah yeah well okay there you go yeah i talked for 30 30 minutes i didn't pass up steiner but yeah i don't think anyone can beat him <laughs> but but we have clearly good... he's not here today do you know why ben because he's tired yeah because he's tired anyway we miss him but screw him he's sleepy leave him alone anyway we have a good podcast this week we're going to be talking about as always the past week in weather and we have a interesting topic of the week which will be discussing El Nino and its impacts um, on Boulder, I guess, in the late winter, early spring. Yeah, we'll see how it turns for the next, discuss what's going to happen in the next several months. Yeah, yeah. Well, in theory. In theory, which is, (laughs) it's a a theory, but it's good. (laughs) (laughs) I guess so. Okay. So yeah, the past week we've had... uh, Joseph. Pretty much would say the cold air is retreated. What? The cold air is retreated away from us for the time being, and Short as we mentioned, as we mentioned earlier, there's been a huge ridge Short in the west weather. coast. Quite anomalous Short weather, yeah. Quite anomalous. I don't know if you guys were reading any of the forecast discussions on the west coast. There were some areas that were saying in California they could reach ninety. Yeah, I think I think it did. I think it broke the record in uh, Los Angeles like Tuesday or something. Yeah. It I should mean, be, yeah, all up and down the coast through Canada into Alaska. Yeah, even for the Super Bowl, I think was at a record high. Yeah, it was a really it's strong Santa Clara. Yeah. It was a strong ridge. It was like four to five standard deviations above above average or something like that. Yeah, that's why Peyton Manning won it. <laughs> Got to remember the standard deviation along the coast is low. Yeah, yeah, it's true. In general, I mean, yeah. Well, I was looking at the see the ridge axis was like over the Canada U.S. border. And that was like four to five standard anomalies or something like that. For on what? The, for the ridge. Like the anomalous. Oh. Just like the ridge axis. Okay. Uh, but yeah, so that's kind of kept the cold air like up in Canada and the far northeast U.S. for the for the much of this past week. But the northeast is getting it cold right now. Yeah, um, that's what we'd expect when you get a huge... High amplitude ridge over the western part of the U.S. Kind of funnels the cold air down to the east. How's that work for our listeners? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess it I try. It opens to... the door to disrupt yeah. the yeah. polar flow. Yeah. I guess in general you tend to get, what, like low pressure over the Gulf of Alaska. And that kind of disrupts where the cold air goes. Okay. But then when you get the high... The ridge up there just kind of like goes around the high and then funnels straight south. Yeah. Kind of the jet can push it down. Yeah. So we saw it coming. Yeah. We had a uh, previous podcast about the polar vortex. Yep. Look it up. Apparently you were saying, Ben, that the media has already jumped on that for the Northeast this this week. Definitely. (laughs) Even from some reputable sources. So I imagine I haven't looked at anything like. I don't know, CNN or the Weather Channel. You sure <laughs> CNN is reputable? Sure. <laughs> no, I mean, I even look, even reputable sources were saying it like. I know. So is CNN one of them? No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but I imagine like those knockoff sources like the Weather Channel are definitely saying it. Oh my gosh. I haven't heard the. But yeah. 
I mean, I could. I don't know. So you should listen to our other podcast, and it, it's not the polar vortex. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. So it's been pretty warm. Yeah, it has been. Like I said, the Super Bowl I think was a record high, or near a record high, seventy-six degrees. I believe it. Yeah. <laughs> but that's only twelve degrees above their average high. So. Wow. Doesn't. They don't have much of a range. I think. That's... <laughs> I mean, the air's just coming off the ocean pretty much every day. That's and... true. Yeah. The only way you're going to get a record high is if you get some type of offshore flow like they had during the rain. So does most of their heat just come from not getting onshore flow? Because if they have onshore flow, yeah, it's going much. to keep them, you know, in the 60s Yeah, and I mean, 70s. the ocean's always 60 degrees. Yeah. 50-some degrees. Right? What? Because <laughs> you, uh, you get all that upwelling off the coast. Yeah, I mean, that's how, I'm sure if you looked at the wind vectors in L.A., it had to have been offshore. Oh, yeah. No, I'm, I, you're right. Yeah. I'm just guessing. I'm just wondering if, I mean, if there's other ways they can get... I guess if you get the Santa Ana winds, but that would be also a ridge giving you offshore flow, I guess. Isn't it? Yeah, because they come off the... The Kelof, Yeah, and then they go towards like, yeah. LA. So that's just a downslope wind yeah. in California. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So it's, warm air. so it's a downslope connected with... Offshore, I guess. Com- yeah. com- combined, I guess. Well, if you have it's not true downslope, though. What do you mean? I mean, because it's not like it's not really fast wind. I mean, it could be. Could be, yeah. Not you not this specific wind. You don't need very fast winds. You just need not. <clears throat> you just need adiabatic warming. You don't need very fast. As long as the impact yeah, but you need a certain there. wind speed to get the the wave to set up. Yeah. I think. Right? Yeah, I would think so. Sure. But I don't think if you have really slow like winds, they're not yeah, gonna, yeah. They're not gonna mean, come it's, crashing it's, down. Yeah, it's not going to be very slow. But I don't think it is I don't think fast wind is a necessary <laughs> condition. You can have like Because, yeah, so. I mean, even for say ten, fifteen miles per hour in Boulder coming from the west, I mean you still feel warmer. Yeah. It doesn't need to be like 50 miles per hour like yesterday or like the day before. It's true. Like, Holy cow, why am I biking on the foothills today? <laughs> That's slope. I mean, it's not as bad as Folsom, but it's still pretty bad. It's like, holy cow, can't even open my eyes. <laughs> what, yesterday? Yeah. Yesterday was fairly windy. So oh, yeah. was a jet overhead this week? Those nights um, we had the high winds? It was like yeah. a couple days in a row. Yeah, I know. It's, it's been overhead. Kind of. It's been a weak jet. Yeah. Pretty much straight north. Maybe northwest a little bit. Yeah. I guess the gradient just been just right. You know, in terms of the pressure gradient. Yeah, it's been helping. Yeah. <laughs> Lee trough. Lee trough, yeah. Woo! Cassano taught you well. <laughs> okay. Yeah, we had two days this week in the 60s. I think. Yeah, we were mid sixties, right? Uh, Wednesday, upper sixties. Upper, wow, yeah. nice. Yeah, the high was sixty nine degrees. Yep, woo, woo. three shy of the record. Summer of sixty nine. <laughs> I think yesterday was sixty four. Today oh, was today was a little chillier. Yeah, but... like sixty ish. I think fifty something. I think close yeah. to sixty. Whoa. I think so <laughs> I think today is fairly warm. Now it's like fifty three. 
Yeah. Eh, whatever. Yeah. Show up the weather. <laughs> there was a cold front that went through at like 1 p.m. Huh? What? There was a cold front. I think so. Dude, but definitely. Okay. You can smell the cow manure. <laughs> yeah, I did smell it. I was inside all day, so <laughs> I, I don't know. Me too. Know. I smelled it when I got home. When I left work. At like 6 p.m. <laughs> Pretty hardcore cow manure. Fair enough. Yeah. I, didn't, I didn't smell any, but okay. But... Yeah, so maybe Ben, you can describe it to the listeners. But uh, what what? So like, even though we're under a ridge, how do you get these cold fronts? How do you get these cold fronts coming in? How? Yeah. Well, you can have systems that basically ride along the ridge, just weak systems mm-hmm. within the ridge, like short wave. Yeah, and just like the cold air sliding into the northeast, it can little pieces of that can also slide. Into Colorado. Yeah. I mean, yeah. we're not completely... We're kind of on the fringe of the ridge the last several days. Yeah, that's true. I mean, California's in the heart of the ridge. And so they're pretty much protected. <laughs> but we, we still have a little bit of an open door. I what agree. What do you think? Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I mean, it happens a lot in the winter. Yeah. Kind of cold air tied with systems moving into the Midwest. Yeah, that's more like backdoor, though. Yeah, I mean, okay, they're pretty much all backdoor. <laughs> this is kind of like a surprising weather pattern, I mean, this past week and a half. Because usually with El Nino, at least my understanding, we can get into it in the next, mm-hmm. in the topic of the week. But usually you don't get a strong ridge in the West Coast, you know, because you get that strong subtropical jet. But that kind of suppresses that ridge. It brings you instability and yeah, or just you know more yeah. So it's kind of interesting. Yeah, in what's causing it? I can definitely talk about that. Actually, yeah. got some answers for that. Yeah, before we uh, talk about that, who won the snowfall prediction? I think it was. So what's the official Boulder <laughs> snowfall? Sixteen point eight. Damn it! <laughs> <laughs> I thought you won because no, I forget. Stein so- got eighteen. What did you say? 16. I got 14.1. Oh, but you were under. He was over. Yeah, you all... No, it's the closest. Oh, okay. We're not playing prices, right? Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Andy oh said, what, 16? Andy. No. No, I said 14. Ooh. You said 12, Ben. You I said lost. freaking 12. I lost. Big time. You guys got lucky with that snow band. Yeah, <laughs> I was going to... I was already, like, planning my victory speech. And then, okay. this, and then that band developed and just gave okay. us, and pushed okay. us over 12 inches. Okay. <laughs> Blame it. Blame it. Talk like a loser. Keep all going. Right, all right. <laughs> I think some of the biggest totals I saw were like 25 inches. Not wow. Boulder, though. Just east of, or just west of Boulder. Yeah. In the, in the foothills. In the foothills wow. or something? No. Essence Park? I never... Kind of like uh, Jamestown area. I never and did. Ward. Never did. Yeah, Ward, yeah. I think I saw Klaus Walter at Noah never gave a uh, storm Fall. a storm follow up. Yeah. Huh. He usually follows up and says, like, I got this much snow in my up my, my foothills location. But I saw how much he got. He like barely beat me. Wow. I think he had twenty. Who who is he? Who? The Noah scientist. Oh. Who's that? He's he's like a prominent scientist at Noah that does forecasts for big snowstorms for Boulder. Okay. Fair enough. Okay. But he also does research. Um, like he's involved in the Enso mission. He's a snow enthusiast. Oh. He's a snow, yeah. <laughs> that's like that's he's like Andy. He's like Andy in fifty years. 
<laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Sending out emails to all his friends and family about the next snowstorm. That Snow might fan. be you, actually. Snow yeah, it fan. could be me. <laughs> Snowfan 1948. Snowfan 48. Uh, that's like the anti-Joseph. Yeah. I'll put self me. You're going to be like, Sandals Dude 20. <laughs> no, Shorts shorts Dude 38. <laughs> so I have a question. What do you got? Do you, do you guys think this ridge will break down as we go into March? That's going to go on with the El Nino discussion. Yeah, so we can save it for the discussion later. But there's no later. It's like <laughs> we are always pushing back later, later, Dude, later. later, man. Yeah. Good question. Yeah, we can... The short answer I would say is yes, there is hope. <laughs> for those that want snow, there, there is hope. <laughs> yeah, for those that want snow. So what's up with El Nino? Not yet. Tell me. What are you? What are we talking about now, Dan? We're still working on last week's weather. Kill me, kill me now. <laughs> hey, it's a ridge. We could talk. We could we could talk at least twenty five minutes about a ridge. <laughs> do you think a ridge? We're, we're meteorologists here. Do you think a ridge, like, feeds back on itself to like maintain itself? Like more sinking motion leads to more stabilization, which further leads to drying over the over the land which feeds back onto the ridge or do you think it's just atmospheric variability um because it's been here for about a week and a half i mean you can say the same thing about a trough yeah i yeah. mean the low pressures feeding into the cold air behind it and growing the trough yeah so I mean, so yeah I, I would say the same could be said for the high pressure Fair enough. With sun, sunny skies, warming. Fair enough. I don't know. Southerly flow. I don't know. Yeah, I guess so. All right, that's all I have. I, I mean, <laughs> it has to go at some point. I mean, it has to go at some point. Yeah. Okay. That's, okay. that's my general circulation um, understanding. You guys know it's been 10 no. days since the last time we had snow. <laughs> which was the big snowstorm we yeah. had. Oh, oh man, I love these 10 days. And it looks like there'll be at least another 10 dry days. For the I'm, plains at least. Yeah. I'm amazed at like so. how much has melted from, you know, we had that s- snow in December and that didn't, that took like a few months to melt. Whereas this is like melting in like a week. A few months? Well, December? I mean, not not that long, but it took a long time. Yeah. It took a long time. I mean, that was that was the coldest stretch of the year. Yeah. yeah. As soon as we got that big snow in December, for about the next four weeks. Yeah, I wasn't here for that. <laughs> that, God that was bless. our yeah. That was our cold period. Yeah, thank God I wasn't here. And then yeah, this last storm. I don't know. Is it almost gone? <laughs> I know. I, yeah. I don't see any snow anywhere. Pretty much. <laughs> Is I there mean, no snow? No, not really. There's not much. No. I haven't even really been paying attention. It's been so warm lately, and I've been, I don't know, working all day, so I don't even think. I mean, yeah. I guess it's a combination of the ridge and then also the higher sun angle as we sun. get into... Oh, no, not the higher sun angle. It's brutal. It, it kills you. It's a snow lover's heat. Yeah, <laughs> that was that's a big factor, too, is that, at least at my house, the last several nights haven't even like dropped below near 50 degrees, so... I know. With the, with the catabatic wind and the downslope... It was you know, nice. The snow was just melting all night, all day. Yeah, not even refreezing. Yeah. I like left for work one morning. I'm like, 
I'm gonna wear shorts. <laughs> I don't even, I'm not even gonna wear a jacket. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> my, my thermometer says like 50. I'm like, all right, I'm not gonna wear a jacket. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I still wear a jacket. Yeah. There's been like, you know, it's like north, northeast of Denver. Like, there's constantly this just cold pocket of air. I don't know if it's because it's just slightly lower elevation there. North of Denver? Like northeast? Like by Greeley? Oh, yeah, yeah. That's like the always one day we cold. got to 70, Greeley was only like in the 40s. Oh, maybe they have more snow there? Well, they probably do have more snow on the ground. But. Yeah, it's kind of in a valley, right? Like barely. <laughs> I mean, yeah, a little bit. It's well, like I know, a little bowl. I know Greeley gets really cold at night. Yeah. Maybe they've just been stuck in that cold air, and like we've been in like summer down here in Greeley. I wonder what the Greeley's temperature. I think have been it's sort of like a a mountain induced effect or something. I mean, they're not in the mountains there, but some kind of breeze, like mountain breeze or something. I mean, if they're sitting in the valley, then. I mean, you would think that if they're in a valley, they'd be warmer during the day. Uh, they will be colder during the at night because yeah, yeah. the cold air is sipping through. Yeah, but if that cold air, if it just gets stuck there and doesn't you move, can't. yeah, it I just kind of pulls there, overcome the inversion or something. Yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah, what if it doesn't overcome the inversion? That's probably what's going on then. Let's see what's going on in Greeley. Yeah, today was only 48 in Greeley. Yesterday was only 52. 61. 61. That's even pretty high. Yeah. Okay, so it's been like, I don't know. Slightly cooler. Several degrees At cooler. Least slightly cooler. Maybe the colder air is a little bit further north. I've seen it on some maps. But, yeah, it's just pretty, pretty crazy. Yeah. It's got 70 degrees. I thought we were going to get close. On I Monday. mean, I mean, models were only like showing like low to mid sixties for Wednesday, but you could basically say seventy. I mean, if it was sixty nine, I mean, that's oh yeah, that's splitting hairs at that point. I'm just saying, like it's <laughs> oh been getting God. it's been getting so much warmer than the models have been indicating, like for weeks now. Yeah, and it's been like you pretty much have to take whatever they say and like add a couple degrees, if not many degrees. <laughs> yeah, and I guess moss is so <laughs> so tuned towards climatology. It's like, I don't think that's gonna be so far from cli- so far from climo. <laughs> yeah, I can't forecast that. <laughs> that's true. But then you're like, that's definitely gonna be warmer than that. <laughs> yeah, it's been as Joseph can tell you, he knows the biases in, in moss. He's a moss expert. He developed his own moss. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I came second last semester <laughs> in the. Uh... In-house contest. You're human moss. <laughs> I, I, I'm not. You study moss. every pattern. You know every year, every storm system ever. I'm not human moss. <laughs> anyway, I'm not. <laughs> well, I guess that pretty much covers our last week. Sunny, dry, some good wave clouds. Yeah. Some, some wind storms. Good sunsets. Near record heat. Snow melting. Yep, melting snow. Uh, let me see if I can find. We have a question from a listener. Okay. Um, I did not. Sorry, listener. I did not look at this question at all until this moment. 
<laughs> I think I saw that I know. in the morning. I was still in bed. It's <laughs> like I got an email from Ben. Like, what the hell is going on? <laughs> you sent me an email like 7 a.m. <laughs>、uh, on a Sunday. On a Saturday, I believe. Whatever it was, yeah. All right. So this is from our fellow follower in Eric in Atlanta. Thanks, just, Eric. He just for... has endless questions, and they're good questions too. Thanks for being a loyal listener. <laughs> Are you listening? <laughs> yeah. Hopefully. So, Eric's question is related to the atmospheric rivers or Pineapple Express. Oh, okay. As Eric calls it. Um, but he says, "I've been tracking the transportation of water across the Pacific during El Nino season. Check out the attached picture of a recent satellite image of water vapor across the eastern Pacific and western U.S. In the highlighted region is the pineapple." Is the highlighted region the Pineapple Express in action? It looks like a large mass of water vapor coming from the general Hawaii area and hitting the west coast. Or does the Pineapple Express typically originate from a much lower latitude? What do you think? So, what do you think? Without seeing the picture, <laughs> I would agree with him.、Um, it can also originate, like he said, from not only from Hawaii, but it can be. Further into the subtropics, so、mm. I don't know the exact latitude of Hawaii, but from the rivers that we're tracking、mm-hmm. right now, you can see it even further south. Sometimes, if it's you know a strong、uh, strong system that's helping to kind of vect that moisture、um, into the extratropics, so you- I think I think he's right. Yeah. So, what do you think about this? So we have a picture here, and would you say that's an atmospheric river or Pineapple Express? It's kind of hard to say. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of dry air in Hawaii.、Um, I think you could probably say it was a marginal event, but it's hard to say. You know, the prior time period. Yeah,、so、we must have a loop. Yeah, you probably would see it coming from Hawaii. You know, like. What else could that be, though? It's like a streamer coming into California. I'm trying to pick out where that low pressure would be, and I can't really identify it. Yeah, that's the the thing, kind of. Well, I thought it would require more moisture than the picture is showing to really be qualified as an atmospheric river. You think? I, I I'm no expert on this. I would. But、I don't know what type of map this is. This kind of looks like infrared, doesn't it? No, it looks like vapor. Does it? Oh yeah, I guess it is. Hmm. I think it. I would say so. I would agree. This looks like a subtropical jet. I would agree. Okay. So this is from Noah. They say atmospheric rivers are relatively narrow regions. In the atmosphere, responsible for most of the horizontal transport of water vapor outside of the tropics,、mm-hmm. um, they come in many shapes and sizes.、Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't think they have a general form, but I thought you want you need more moisture than that, so it's just fairly mild. Yeah, the picture is showing. I think you need more. So he's really asking, is this the Pineapple Express?、Uh, I don't think so, Ben. Yeah, I think you need more moisture. It's a little marginal, but it's, it's, but, it's not connected. I, but I would say you need the like a loop, like you said. 
to see where it came from. Okay. So I, I would say we don't have all the information. <laughs> Look at all that sinking air, though. <laughs> Over Hawaii. Okay. That's nice. If he wants, let's see. I'm trying to find. I'd love to go to Hawaii one day. Wouldn't it be nice? Yeah. No. Well, well yes. who's that? The listener is Eric? Yeah. So, Eric, if you want a certain web page, you can. There's a good web page that tracks these uh, atmospheric rivers. And Ooh. I'm trying to find pulled up. <laughs> okay. But um, essentially, they have these variables that look at the integrated vapor transport through, you know, you can look at precipitable water um, potentially as well. But, um, yeah. So there's, yeah. Like this, this animation would show like how, where it originates. So you can kind of see this one. That it was tracked from? from around south of 25 north and moving into the west coast. And then this other one mm -hmm. It has a larger plume stretching, you know, in the central Pacific. Okay. Or this one here. You can kind of see an animation of, like, where they originate. And some of them pull in some tropical moisture. Some of them don't. Uh-huh. Does that go back to... Oh, wait. That would be the one he's showing here. What date this is This example it? comes from January 30th. Oh, okay. You could pause uh, it on that. I don't know how to pause it. Mm. <clears throat> Here it is, 29. Is that? This one? The thing that died before that. Yeah. The very beginning. It like, it's I there and it then dies. it dies. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, I would say yes, it is, but it's in the dying stages. <laughs> yeah, I it's would agree. It's not as connected. Hmm. How come this doesn't show the connection to the tropics at all? Like that? Because uh, this is like upper atmosphere? Yeah, I think that's like mid-upper level. Well, when yeah. you look in the water vapor, yeah. Well, I think it's the whole atmosphere, right? But mostly... Upper? Upper. Well, yeah, I mean, if it's yeah, looking at Hawaii, it's pretty humid in Hawaii. So, Eric, if you want to... Eric, if you want to track atmospheric... <laughs> if you want to track atmospheric rivers, Eric, go to mead.ucsd.edu. Um, and they have a lot of forecast products to track these atmospheric rivers. You can look at ensembles. You can look at the water vapor imagery. Forecast from the forecast models. Yeah, maybe you want to look at that. So wait, well, are you going on this page every day? I look at it every day, <laughs> yeah. I've never heard of this okay, webpage. <laughs> yeah, you guys should check it Scripts. out. It's, it's kind of cool. So atmospheric it's, rivers aren't super useful for me. <laughs> it's the... Uh, but they could be. It's a certain variable called the integrated water vapor. It's sort of like precipitable water. There's also... What's the it, difference? I'm not sure. Sounds like it's the exact same thing. Well, there's also integrated vapor integrated vapor transport, which is Ooh. kilograms per meter per second. Mm -hmm. And vectors showing the transport. Hmm. But um, All right. So, That's a good question. So, yeah, check it out, Eric, and uh, keep being a good listener. Yeah. And he also like kind of mentioned like, does a does the Pineapple Express have to originate at Hawaii, or can it originate from a 
higher latitude or a lower latitude? Yeah, definitely from a lower latitude. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I guess that's why his, this picture isn't showing up as well. It's kind of originating well north at like 30 degrees north. Yeah. So obviously it's maybe lost its connection. Mm-hmm. That one has a good signature though. It's more perpendicular to the west coast. Yeah, that's the kind. And you if want. it's more, if it's parallel, it's not going to be as much of a rain producer. Yeah. So that that has a good signature. Or snow for the Sierras. Or yeah, snow. You want that ninety degree angle? It's yeah. Most efficient lift. Yeah. So good question. Good question. Um. Yeah. So that's a good segue into the topic of the week. We cover El Nino. This week's hot take <laughs> is the Iowa caucuses. <laughs> no, we hate that. El Nino. <laughs> okay. The Christ Child. What? <laughs> That's what it means in Spanish. Yeah. That's pretty much, yeah. The little boy. The boy. The little Jesus. So, go ahead. Go ahead, Ben. Me? I have a question, but we can save that for after. All you, Ben. Okay. It's related to El Nino. All right. Joseph, turn off. <laughs> so first I would say is that give everyone, give you guys an update on the status of El Nino and that officially using Nino region 3.4, it's the strongest El Nino. On, on record? Ever, yeah. On record. <laughs> what, what, what does that mean in English? So... There are various metrics to define El Nino based on, you know, different regions of the Pacific Ocean. So it's really warm in one area versus really warm in another area. Okay. Um, 3.4 would be an area averaged kind of over the <laughs> central, tra- central eastern tropical. Yeah. It's not like right up against South America, but it's a little bit more shoved out into the yeah. middle of the ocean. So yeah, yeah. Like east central, like you said. Okay. So that's a combination between Nino 3, which is a little bit more east, and Nino 4, which is a little bit more west. Fair enough. Closer to Australia. And then there's Nino 1 and 2, which nobody really uses anymore. <laughs> and those are right up against the near the coast of Ecuador. Mm. <laughs> okay. So if you look at Nino 3.4, um, this El Nino was the strongest or warmest. By how much? Um. <laughs> well, <laughs> a few tens. We're talking no. instant, instantaneous temperature anomaly of about three point one degrees, whereas the previous record holder, nineteen ninety seven ninety eight El Nino, was only about two point eight degrees. So, okay, beat that. And it also won, it also took first place in Nino Region 4 by significant margin. It was almost up to like 1.8 degrees, whereas 98 was only 1.1. So the Nino 4, you said, wow. is in the west? Further west, I believe. Wow. But in Nino 3 and Nino 1 and 2, it did not take, it wasn't in first place. That makes sense. So, yeah, so that's kind of. We have some more discussion for that. Yeah, that is that is my question. Yeah. So yeah, like you said, every El Nino is going to be different. The warm water is going to be, you know, in a different place every year. I mean, in general, mm-hmm. okay. at least slightly different. 
So like in baseball term, <laughs> it will be like a home run, you know, winner. <laughs> Maybe lead the league in hits, but not RBI. Yeah. Or stolen bases. That's a good analogy. Uh-huh. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. So by some categories, it was the biggest and best, but by others, it wasn't. Yeah. So I mean, it couldn't be the best anyway, right? I mean, how many Mike, uh, how many Michael Jordan are there out there? How many Tom Brady's are there out there? There's you know? there's a you only got Peyton Manning, and then you gotta accept that. Yeah, I'll stick with Peyton. Whatever. <laughs> you could always squeeze in a football comment. Yep. There's 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 some some papers also that say eighty three was the stronger El Nino compared to ninety seven ninety eight. No, what, I don't think. I well, mean, I mean, well, I mean, they don't have as many observations back then. Oh, okay. So, what are your thoughts on that? Do you think ninety-seven, ninety-eight was stronger than eighty-three, eighty-two, eighty-three? I don't know. I still think ninety-seven, ninety-eight is king. I, I mean, I could see how they could, you know, argue that 83, 82, 83 was also possibly could be stronger in certain metrics. Okay, but. Just a question. I think the undisputed, in general, king is 98. The king? <laughs> what do you think? I don't know. I don't, I don't know. That's what we any... always, that's what you always learn about. You always learn about 98. Yeah, you always mm-hmm. learn about I mean, 97. sure, it was well, like the most learn recent. about, at least hear about. I hear mean, about, not yeah. any, you know. Now, our kids will be hearing about 2016. Climate oscillations. Yeah, <laughs> our kids will be hearing about 1516. The 2015-16 El Nino. It just sounds, <laughs> just sounds weird until, yeah. you, until you say it more often. Yeah. 1516. <laughs> the Iowa Caucasus. But, uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what research comes out of this El Nino in comparison to 97-98. Because I think there are some differences, like you said, in the anomalies. Compared to ninety seven, ninety eight, we're getting there. Which you are getting to. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going forward. I guess. No, that was good. Um. Okay. In the uh, meanwhile, let's talk about the New Hampshire primary. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> I don't know because you're like I'm getting there. Trying, trying to get like information out. I don't know. I'm trying to decide if we should discuss our. Last time we talked about El Nino, we made some projections. Okay, um, go for it. But basically, you, all right, we got four bullet points here. Do you, we okay. said first that uh, this is back from September. We said that back in September we said that we said. Oh, this. you said this. Okay, <laughs> I didn't. I did not say any of these. <laughs> we said that a strong El Nino would last through the end of 2015. Check. <laughs> yeah. And okay. Would po- would possibly vie for the strongest on record. Check. Mm-hmm. Kind of. <laughs> no, I'll say it's a check. All right, check. Then we also said um, El Nino statistics hint that temperatures would be below normal during the fall. Was it? I can't remember. So I have that we it was slightly verified since October was well above normal, if you remember, and November and December were actually. Be- Oh, slightly yeah. below normal temperature. So, but December is not the fall anymore, right? Well, we're not just talking for fall, I guess. Okay, fair enough. So we busted it. It's technical fall. You, you, you busted it. <laughs> <laughs> nah, I think it's good. 
Okay, okay, okay. You give your own report card. <laughs> hey, I grade my, I grade my own test. Grade your own exam. That's fine. A, I mean, a minus plus. No. A minus plus. What does that even mean? I don't know. All right, here's the biggest bust of our predictions from September. October. Oops. Oh, that's not really a bust. I said October would have the best chance if the best month in the fall for seeing a big snowstorm. Uh. That happens on February 1st? <laughs> Are the... No, just because it didn't snow at all in October. Oh. Okay. <laughs> Wait, really? No. <laughs> yeah, yeah man, remember? Not... We had our snow... I thought pole. we snowed once. No? Well, it wasn't really a snowstorm. The first snow, like, a little bit, like... It didn't snow until November. I thought you had a little snow last no. October. No, I didn't. Maybe, I don't think. Maybe a flurry, but that's what I, I, I still don't think. Because I was on crack or whatever. Okay, and then <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> we're expecting less snow during the fall than normal. Was that true? Yeah, I think that was true, right? That was true. Yeah. Okay. We actually ended December with I think twenty-eight inches of snow, and the average is thirty-four, so six mm-hmm. inches below normal. So not too bad there, and um, but we did say that we would have. We were forecasting uh, a wet autumn, which was false. Was true. A wet yeah, autumn. We had a... October, November, and December were all well above normal. Yeah, we had rain. Wait, I thought this. You just said December is like below normal for snow. For snow. Yeah. Oh, you're including rain as well. Wait, did it rain? Do it rain in o- it rained a lot in October and in November? Yeah. No, in December. December was actually above normal snow. Yeah. And above normal precip. Wait, I thought you just said December is below. No, normal. the total for the whole fall. Oh. Okay, whatever. Okay. Anyways, <laughs> yes, it's a little bit confusing now. I guess it's late. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm saying we said we said less than normal snowfall, but more than normal precip. That's that was key. our forecast. Okay, right and on. it actually did verify. All right. It's a tricky so forecast, man. It's a tricky forecast. There were only like uh, there was one person in this room, and the smartest person was you, Ben. Woo! One person, you. I win. Yep. <laughs> All right. So that was how we did last time. So hopefully we can do as good so with this prediction. Year, oh, oh! Right now we're going. You're going to predict again? Yeah, that's what we're talking about here. Okay, go you for can, it. You can give your thoughts. Uh, I have no thoughts. I mean, I. <laughs> You're just you gotta, a vegetable? You gotta have some thought. Well, I think Donald Trump would probably go into a general election. That's my thought. <laughs> but, it's going pretty strong. <laughs> I'm sure you have some thought about El Nino. El Nino? I, I don't know. I don't really go to church. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and then just looking forward to the model projections. Did you guys see that? Yeah. How... The the El Nino is. I mean, it's already been the El Nino is already pretty much in its weakening phase. Uh, by the way, listeners, I did not say yes. Yes, you did. <laughs> like I did not look at everything. <laughs> I don't do. I don't do. Got to pay stuff, attention man. to the weather. Well, this is more like climate. I mean, I pay attention to weather. All right. From time okay. To time. Okay. Yes, but El Nino is weakening. If you, did you guys see the most yeah, recent? I, think I heard. I heard that temperature loop at the very end. Yeah, it's starting to die from the eastern side. Is that what usually happens? It moves more west. It dies out from west east to west. Yeah. Okay. 
Um, I believe so. But if you look at the depth anomalies, they're still pretty warm in the east. Oh, yeah. So is that just has to take time to fizzle out? Yeah, I mean, it's going to take time for that warm water to cool off completely. What I find what I find interesting I mean, it's is not going to just go away. What it's I like, find interesting is the convection never actually really did shift east. It kind of just stayed in the central Pacific. Yep, so that's another issue. <laughs> You're going to talk well, about that it too? Will shift. No, not necessarily. Oh, okay. So if you have anything to say about that, go for it. I don't know. I'm just saying that it just seems so weird. Yeah, I mean, this I year. say it's kind of a really unique El Nino in that maybe like an El Nino Madoki. Oh, yeah, maybe. But not really, though, because there was warm water to the east. It just didn't produce as much convection and uh, feed that yeah. moisture plume into the U.S. as much as it could have. Yeah, I agree. What do you think? <laughs> Me? It just seemed like the convection followed the actual highest temperature in mm-hmm. SSTs Not as opposed anomaly. to the anomalies. I mean, it makes sense. It makes sense, yeah. Um, a little bit, yeah. So, yeah, never really... Yeah, maybe you're right. Maybe it is Madoki. I don't know, though. Because Madoki is really... I don't know. Isn't that more defined on the anomaly? I don't know Madoki, but... <laughs> <laughs> you brought it up, so... Well, Madoki's just where the, the warmest water is in the Central Pacific. And the convection pretty much stays in the Central Pacific. So, mm-hmm. could it be? Yeah, it could I didn't be. really see any, any other pe- anyone tossing around that term, though. So I guess you have to do the... Principal component analysis. <laughs> yes, we're just splitting hairs. Get on that, Joseph. What? Why All right, we want that PCA? by eight a.m. <laughs> Why do you do PCA for that? <laughs> it's interesting, though. So yeah, that's interesting. It's kind of developed in a unique way. Like I said, it's been narrow. Mm-hmm. We've talked about previously. Yeah, ninety-seven, ninety-eight was really broad, and it just was really strong. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it lasted longer too. I'm not sure, but what lasted longer? Ninety-seven, ninety-eight. I mean, I guess we can't tell because this year hasn't ended yet. But... No, I think ninety-seven, ninety-eight was pretty similar. To like April, I think. You mean you think it lasted longer? Well, I mean, did it start earlier? Ninety-seven, ninety-eight. Like it kind of built up a little bit sooner. Here's some here's some graphs here, starting with last January. 97, 98 kind of started low and ramped up really quick. And then we're kind of on track with where 97, 98 was. Oh, okay. At least thus far. Well, this is through January. I stand corrected. But, yeah. We'll have to wait and see. Yeah, it'll be some interesting papers in the next few years. But, yeah, the models, kind of the climate model consensus is that it's going to be Rapidly dissipating. Yeah, I Possibly becoming neutral by June. And be switching to a La Nina for next fall. And I wonder what they base that on. Is it mostly just climatologically how it transitions? Or are they actually looking, relying more on just forecast models? They have to do some dynamics analysis. Well, I mean, some of these are dynamical models. Some of them are statistical models. Yeah. If I mean, you take a notice. It just seems like they have a hard time predicting that. I don't think statistical model would do that well on these type of things because we don't have enough record, right? Not very long. I would would believe in, I'll put my more money, more weight on dynamical models. 
Because a few months out is not that hard to forecast in general. So it looks like most doesn't really change that much. I mean, in general, you have say、mm-hmm. four or five waves, big waves, in the subpolar region, and then you know start from there. And the ocean, the ocean doesn't change that much. Yeah, I mean that. That's that's what I think. I mean, I guess they look at statistical model is is useful if you have hundreds of years of data, but you only have thirty. That's not、yeah. going to help you a lot. Dude, we're coming up on sixty six years. How we analysis? Yeah, I mean, I guess they look at yeah some ship measurements and stuff. From what Hitler? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we have decent measurements back to nineteen fifty. Yeah, kind of started in like. World War Two. We started in the forties. Not how accurate are those? I mean, are they calibrated well? Or is, is Probably global, not. Is it, but is it globally yeah, coverage. It's it's sparse before nineteen nineteen forty. Yeah. I mean, that's that's just my thought. I mean, I I'm just pulling stuff from my butt. I mean, but I mean, yeah, I guess they look at like Rossby wave patterns and Kelvin waves as well to see. Ocean, yeah, in the, in the ocean. Yeah. Yeah, those are fairly predictable. I would say, especially ocean dynamics is fairly slow.、It、takes months to recirculate, I believe.、Um, yeah. Yeah. So that's、um, my two cents. <laughs> I would say that just based on this plume diagram we're looking at, that the statistical models are much more conservative with the weakening degree. So. They're tending to not flip it to La Nina, strong La Nina next winter. <laughs> Whereas the dynamical models, well, at least a good chunk of them are taking it way down to the negative phase. I mean, that's the thing about statistical model. I mean, say, I mean, using like a nudge in football again. I mean, you're the Panthers fan, and then you think, oh, with winning. We only have lost one game this season, and then going to the Super Bowl. Oh, then we may win the next <laughs> game. We have really high chance winning the next game. But oops, guess what? <laughs> you only got one score. You got one touch. Well, no, did they got like a couple field goals? Anyway, they still lost. The best offense didn't score much. Are you saying if they would have ran a model to predict who would win, they would have yeah, lost? Yeah, I think、um, based on statistics, they might no, maybe should have won. Five thirty-eight. Do you know that block? No, five thirty-eight. It's a, it's a, it's under ESPN right now. It's, it, it's originated as a sports statistics block. Okay. They now do whatever they do politics, and everything right now. But they, you, they're, they're saying sixty percent of Panthers are winning. But guess that it, you know, didn't turn out correctly. Anyway, I'm, I'm just saying that if you're just looking at the record. That doesn't really show you anything. That the、yeah. statistics doesn't really give you a good forecast unless you have a long Dude, period. Everything we're about to say then is going to be、yeah. bad. Sure. So so it's, it's, it it's based on seven cases. <laughs> yeah. A lot、yeah. of our forecast. Yeah, I think we brought this up at a prior podcast, but go ahead. What? I don't. I don't know. Oh, you you were saying like how a really strong El Nino tends to shift. Oh, quicker, as opposed to like a moderate. I would just say yeah. I mean that happened in nineteen ninety eight. Yeah, we saw a strong El Nino flip flop to a pretty strong,、uh, or at least moderate、mm-hmm. La Nina the next year, and 
We didn't see that in 82, 83, so it did switch to kind of neutral conditions, mm -hmm. I would say, for the next year. Hmm. But, and then what was the other year you said was the other year, 57? Uh, I don't know the other year. 91, 92? Are you saying, oh, 91, 92? Yeah, that was there. That one didn't flip-flop at all. <laughs> but, yeah, so, I don't know. Yeah, there's definitely some decadal variability in there, too. There's a lot of variability. Yeah. <laughs> but there's a pretty good chance if there's a big El Nino that it'll flip to... <laughs> to a La Nina. Pretty strong La Nina the next year, so we'll see. Yeah, there was a paper by uh, Trenberth Ooh. several years ago but was saying that how the 97-98 El Nino um, pumped a lot of heat out of the ocean. Hmm. And... That transitioned the PDO into a negative phase. That's what he was supposing. So okay. that would go along the lines of what you were saying. Okay. It kind of shifted the whole Pacific into a cold phase. I guess because it was so strong that year. But will it do it this year? I don't know. Yeah, and also we didn't even. Yeah. We'll we didn't talk tell. About <laughs> how far the kind of the warm anomaly extended away from the equator this year. At least in the early fall, with the warm blob. Yeah, that one just like dissipated. I mean, that wasn't necessarily 100% El Nino related. Yeah, I but agree. even Eastern Pacific was very warm, like off the Baja California. So yeah, and just kind of dissipated over over the fall season. I guess because El Nino got stronger, and then you started to get that teleconnection of the. Cold anomalies over the central North Pacific that you typically see for El Nino. So that probably helped to dissipate some of that, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. So um, um, Yeah, I would just say that just based on the model projections, we're going to be pretty much locked into a strong to moderate El Nino for the remainder of winter. Into probably May. So yeah. what's your prediction? I mean, what what would be a weakening El Nino due to Boulder, Colorado? We're getting there. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, I would just say our last El Nino, not that this is even related, but our last El Nino, we had snow all the way into June in 2010. It was before we came out here. Darn it. Three and a half, the latest snow on record, three and a half inches in early June. Wow. So imagine that. <laughs> we wouldn't be able to hike until July. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah, we're going to have an El Nino in place for the rest of the winter. So pretty much certain on that. It yeah, can't weaken be... that fast. No, <laughs> not, not that heat. <laughs> so, um, well, we made some statistical diagrams based on previous El Nino records and kind of the weather that happened in Boulder. So this is kind of the statistical approach to the forecast. How many El Ninos are in there? So we have 19 official El Nino years and 7 El Nino years that are strong as this year. You define it when it's over 1 standard yeah, deviation? Yeah, it's basically 0.5 is an El Nino and then over 1 would be strong. Okay. Well, the way I 
you could do like you, you could do like over two and then see the the most extreme. Yeah, but there's not enough um, data points to be able to draw a box and whisker plot with two points. You could look at a 200 year model simulation. That's true. <laughs> you want to do that work? <laughs> Are you volunteering? <laughs> Bootstrap. Yeah. So we do have this will be published in some type of post on the website shortly. Yeah, so look out. So for the that. stuff we're describing here will all be covered in there in less detail. Will? With less Joseph football commentary. Oh shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Fine. But if you want to follow along, you can look up that while we're discussing it here. Yeah. But yeah, basically we went into discussing snowfall first, because that's what everyone really cares about. I don't care. I can't care less. Dude, if you got three feet of snow and you couldn't go to campus, would you care? Wait, I, we... I, I have an SUV and I will go to campus. Wait, you're predicting three feet? Well, so, no. Maybe. So I think, uh, yeah, almost two weeks ago with that big snowstorm, CU was closed. And on the website, it said uh, only necessary, necessary employees are allowed to be on campus. I was on campus. Well, you're, <laughs> I worked on campus that day. You're a necessary employee. I wasn't. I you are. Am, I considered myself as an unnecessary employee. Any, yeah. any, any went to work too, huh? No, I stayed home. Oh, I definitely stayed home. I just did my briefing in my jammies. That was the best. That was kind of like taking me back to my childhood days. And you know, there's a big snowstorm coming, and you know you're not going to have school tomorrow. Oh yeah, those are. You awesome. trust the weatherman, and you just stay up late playing video games all night in the basement. Yep, that's what we like did. Three or four a.m. Except in St. Louis, there was a lot of times when we didn't get any snow. Oh, and the storm busted, and we go to go to school. And you're... I didn't do my homework or something like that. Oh you didn't yeah, do your homework. <laughs> I had been there. <laughs> oh, I'd be like, Mom, I'm sick. <laughs> I am not going today. I went to bed at five thirty a.m. But then <laughs> Monday night. <laughs> no, not this time. Oh, well, probably pretty late, like three. But then also times when. Nothing happened, and then the schools got scared and still canceled class. Oh, yeah. Oh, fair enough. Yeah, I've been there. <laughs> it's like snowing. The weatherman's like, 48 more inches. I know. You get nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Screw you, weatherman. Yeah. Anyway. I so. remember one day earlier this year, I went to work, and it was that first big blizzard in December we had, or snowstorm. Oh, we got 12 inches. Yeah. I remember getting there and like the storm was winding down and we already had our, you know, we were going to get like another like inch at a west. And like if you clicked on the the weather service page, it still said four to eight inches mm-hmm. or whatever mm-hmm. of additional accumulation. And like I just remember hearing out like coworkers like, oh, I should leave early. It's going to snow four to eight more inches. I should get out of here. <laughs> get off the here. roads are going to get so bad. I'm they like, get oh, off like, here. I'm like, come on, look at radar. The storm's already in Nebraska. <laughs> you know? Like, clearly we're not going to get 48 more inches. So, it was just, yeah. what's up with the snowfall forecast then? Hey, man, don't get ahead of yourself. What the hell? Nah, we're there. <laughs> anyways, so okay. there was, for snowfall, there was two things that stood out uh, for basically trends that we've seen over the last seven times we've had similar El Nino conditions. And one was that February snow gets diminished significantly. Yeah. That was busted. Hey, we're not, well, we're not entirely busted. One data point. So if you look back at the seven years, 
four of the seven, so for reference, our average snowfall in February is about 14 inches, 13 inches. That that was already, you know, exceeded. Yeah, technically. Not technically, like <laughs> factually. <laughs> factually. It's one data point, though. What still like you? You're talking about snowfall total in in this month, and the first day of the month dumped like a foot. <laughs> Done. It actually was 17 inches already this month. Yeah. So. But if you look back at the record, four out of the seven years of the strong El Ninos had less than six inches of snow during the entire month. Wow. So, four out of seven times, barely any snow. But currently. I'm, I'm, I'm just saying, I'm trying to be objective here. Come on. Alright, we're getting the <laughs> objective. Yes. <laughs> but, if you don't consider that that 17 inches of snow that fell on the very first day this month, it's been completely <laughs> warm and dry the entire month. That's true. And it's likely we'll probably make it to March without any more precip. That won't go that far. <laughs> it's going to be close. Just looking at the ensembles. Looks like the ridge... For two weeks? Yeah. Nothing? Nothing, man. Wow. Well, not, well for the mountains, get a little bit of snow bad. here and there, but it doesn't look promising. And the ridge just keeps rebuilding itself. Yeah. It, uh, there's been sort of a trend the past day or two that we're starting to see more of a subtropical jet in the beginning of March. Yeah, so. that's what I was seeing. Like, right around the very few last days of Still February. Two weeks to go without anything, huh? Wow, happy Joseph. The Euro and the GFS ensembles both show pretty pretty consistently that pattern. There is something potentially middle of next week that hits California and whether it maintains itself over the Rockies. Could be I something to it. watch. I I'd be skeptical. It looks that rich. Yeah. This current rich is very strong. I would just say, just think how many storms hit California in January and December. I mean, and what I, that really equated to, like, they barely ever made it to the plains. I mean, Colorado. I, I agree. I agree. So, I mean, it could happen. Something to watch. And, yeah. Something to watch here on bouldercast.com. Oh, we'll be, we'll be watching that next week. But I feel like we'll be just saying some light snow in the mountains. And maybe uh, spill over in the foothills. <laughs> so pretty much no snowfall for the rest of the month on very minimal. Yeah, minimal it's hard to believe February is almost over. It's not almost over. It's not even mid-Feb right now. It's not in the middle of the February. Well, I mean, by the end of next week, it'll be almost over. Yeah. It's true. Oh my god, I haven't got crap done. So I would say that the median snow drops from uh, 11 inches to 3 inches under El Nino conditions. Okay, how about For February. So March actually has the opposite relationship, which is kind of interesting. Mm -hmm. And bodes well for snow lovers this year. Andy? (laughs) Woo-woo! So we see a, a marked increase in snow during... El Nino years, while strong El Ninos. With the so March is actually our snowiest month. We all know that, right? Yeah. yeah. With an average snow of approximately sixteen inches in March. Uh, the average during El Nino, our modern El Nino years, is increased all the way up to about twenty-seven inches. Hmm. So almost double. Wow. Well, not almost, but close. So, what do you think about that, Joseph? 
You think seven years is statistically significant? No. <laughs> Do you think 3,000 years is significant? Yes. <laughs> Anything in the thousand ballpark would be significant, yes. We can just say every year there's been a strong or moderate El Nino in place. March has had above normal snow. Okay. Seven out of seven. Okay. So I, mean, I, I, I don't I don't disagree. I mean it's it's facts. Including one of our second snowiest March ever was nineteen ninety eight. Forty three inches. So that would be like a strong El Nino. Yeah. So we the may last... ex- we may exceed that. <laughs> I wouldn't unless go that far. Unless it's Madoki. Maybe. Well Did you look at stats from El Nino and Madoki? <laughs> oh man, that even puts your sample size even smaller. <laughs> Madoki is like a twenty five percent occurrence of normal <laughs> El Ninos. So that would be like one year. I don't know which one of, which one of these years would have been Madoki. <laughs> one year. That's significant. One, one data point. <laughs> so, and if we go back to 1998, that 43 inches of snow fell in three big snowstorms of 8, 10, and 21 inches. 21. Wow. Holy so cow. that was... What happened in 1998? School is definitely closing that day. 21? <laughs> they closed on like 12. But they already closed. We just had 17. They already, they already closed twice this year. Yeah. Yeah. I did. can't imagine they close again. Well, yeah. I think they will. If it's 21, oh, I think they will. Are you saying we're not going to have a big snowstorm? Well, no, year? I'm saying like they'll probably try their hardest to keep it open. <sighs> I don't know. Once, once the crack is open. Because I mean, the wouldn't they have to, <laughs> wouldn't they have to extend the, Semester? No. Isn't Everybody it? has a day off. Dude, it's all online these days. Don't you think yeah. people have computers, Andy? Oh, I know. But I mean, like, if you have so many days off, wouldn't they have yeah. to make those up? No. No, you can't. You screw people over with internships or jobs or graduation. They don't make up days, do they? No, no. Uh, not university. Maybe uh, high school, but not university. No way. Not yeah, that's why they couldn't even make up the finals last yeah. semester. No, they don't make up stuff, man. You're like, oh, you have to make up finals, they right? That's you your last it. test. Nope, it's over. Yeah, it's School over. year's done. <laughs> yeah. That was weird. That's yeah. weird. Hmm. Okay. Anyway. Um, but, so that was three big storms that made up that year. And then if you go back to 1958, another big El Nino year, uh, Boulder had about 30 inches of snow. But that only had the biggest snowstorm was four inches. So it kept snowing every Yeah. Day? Actually, yeah, they had 15 days with measurable snow, all less than four inches. Wow. So there wasn't any big storms that month. It was just... Just one of those. I don't know. Some type day. of cutoff low or something? Kind of reminded me of like uh, last year. Where we just had a yeah. couple weeks of like light snow. Yeah, I think like mid to end February. Or that, was, that was awesome. Yeah. That it was awful. So, I can't bike. We could have big storms, or we could have a persistent pattern. So that's just two spent two inches. I feel like for the past two years, it's been pretty persistent. I mean, say the East Coast, it's been like cold for weeks, stretch, and it it could be due to uh, climate change. It's not you know proven or you know falsified yet. It really could be due to climate change. Just you know, pan just stayed there for weeks. You know, like right now, the rich will 
stick here for weeks. Yeah. And like same as, you know, the East Coast. And last year the East Coast got a similar thing. Yeah, it's a crazy ridge. I mean, just keep pounding. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I, it could be due to climate change. That's why I bike, man. I don't want to. I don't want to like release more CO two in the air, <laughs> if possible. I mean, I drove here today, but hey, you should take less breaths. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> Just saying. It was funny on the what the the drive home from skiing. Mm-hmm. Trevor was like. What what does fair enough even mean? <laughs> he was asking <laughs> Joseph. <laughs> oh God! He's like, yeah, what does s- it mean? He was like, when you said fair enough in that context, it didn't sound like fair enough, or, or, or didn't sound like okay, or something like. That. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like that's well, your go-to line. Okay. <laughs> yes, that is my go-to line. Um, I use fair enough as an okay, but what Trevor was saying is that usually people use fair enough. To more like agree to an argument that you know the other person actually didn't think of it that way. Yeah, that's I what okay know. means, though. Uh, You're like, more, I agree, move on. No, it's more like a little bit new insight type of thing. I don't know. It's <laughs> but you just I, I just just fair enough a lot. <laughs> I can, I can see Trevor saying that. That'd be funny. Yeah, Trevor, Trevor is calling uh, you out on the fair yeah, enough words. Fair enough. <laughs> fair enough. Yeah. Yep. Fair enough. Totally. <laughs> anyway, moving on. Oh, uh, I would just say in April there wasn't as good of relationships. Uh, we lost actually one of the El Ninos weakened significantly enough that it dropped out of the category of moderate. So we only had six years for April. Ooh, even less data points. <laughs> But two of those six years uh, when these modern El Ninos were set up had no snow at all in April, while the other four had way, way above normal snow. So mm. what do you think about that? <laughs> you feeling lucky or Uncertain- unlucky? Uncertainty abounded. Yeah, it could either be, man, just nothing or significant snow. <laughs> no, we're, nothing's fallen in between yet. I'll root for snow in June. That's all I know. <laughs> yeah, and we always have to remember. So we also need to think about temperature as well, uh, because you know March and April we start having to worry about rain mixing in, the mm-hmm. sun angle, the time ice. of day. Yeah, ice. The time of day the storm's going to be happening. If it's going to accumulate, better to have it at night. Yeah. So mostly on the grass. So those are things that start to come back in. But if you look at the climate models, they are projecting wetter than average for both March and April across Colorado. How many members is it ensemble? Um, this is CFS V2. 12 runs. Climate forecast. With one member. Climate forecast forecast system. system. I don't think they do ensemble then. Okay. But... It's yeah, they run the same do, thing 12 times. <laughs> do, do you trust them? Or what's the verification of them? Um, the skill level of them, their forecast. I don't, I don't know. know. I don't do you know say much. they have to publish that because if it's government, I don't know much about verification. Yeah, I don't know. I, I know they're kind of the, the fairly widely accepted. Yeah, they're used for the monthly outlooks. Uh, they talk about How this. How accurate are the monthly outlooks? 
I don't know. I mean, they were saying that February was going to be rainy for the West Coast. So far, it hasn't happened. So far, it hasn't really happened. At least for Southern California. They were? I I believe so. I'm not sure. But... I know they... Yeah. Well, I'm just curious. I mean, say, you know, a bad student is not going to be a good student all of a sudden. And a good student won't turn into a bad student all of a sudden either. Just saying, I mean, if they're doing a decent job, then I'll trust them. If they have not, then I would not trust them as much. I would still take account to their opinion. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you have to take them with, you know, a grain of salt. I'm, t- I'm telling you, it's all about hitting average, man. But this it's really... all about getting on base. <laughs> <laughs> but it's that, this, baseball means, their, right? their projections do fit in with our... Kind of what I was thinking for extremely wet and snowy March. Um, yeah. And April, maybe they're leaning towards above normal snow uh-huh. instead of the no snow scenario. So I have to lean that way, I guess. Um, temperature, kind of the opposite effect. February, warmer than typical years during, during modern El Nino's. And March, quarter. That makes Shorts sense. weather. Yeah. Shorts weather. So yeah, March is, yeah. you know, February, less snow, so, mm-hmm. you know, more bridging. Yeah. What we, just what we've seen this year. So this February is probably going to end way above average. Yeah. I mean, we've still got, still got a few weeks 17 left. days left, but yeah. I don't know. We'll see what happens. 20 days of bridging, <laughs> at least, so we'll see. Oh, yeah, this year we're after 29. Yeah. What you can do with your bonus day this year? You shouldn't have to work on jump, that day. Jump, jump <laughs> off the cliff. Jump off the flat iron. Okay. Well, what would you do if someone you knew had their birthday on the 29th? Would you celebrate their birthday every year? No, I, I think you celebrate a birthday either on the 28th or the 1st. Yeah. You have to. Come on. Yeah. You're not going to let your little kids yeah. suffer his whole childhood without yeah, birthdays. Yeah, you're going to be a grandpa <laughs> like 16 or something. What the hell? <laughs> I agree. Technically, your birthday should occur every 365 days. So your yeah, birthday yeah. should change every year. That's true. I don't know. You, would it end it up in, keep going. Would it end, no, end I disagree just... because your birthday should be whenever the, uh, you know, when the earth you know, circulate the sun at that single point. Yeah, I guess. Right? So we need 365 and a quarter day. So your birthday doesn't really change every year. It may shift between plus or minus one, but it doesn't shift every year. It shifts every calendar year, but a calendar year is made by human. Okay. Aha! Whatever. Did you guys know there was, we added like three leap seconds this year? This past summer? Yeah, I think it I like, heard of that. I think Google or... I think Stephen Colbert like, talked about that or something. It was actually a really big deal. For computers? Well, maybe for computers, I don't know. Yeah, I feel pretty old now. I know it was a big deal like for... When I was working at Microsoft. Oh, okay. Like, the data... Some of the data was like three seconds behind some of the other data. Oh. And because we were like, that was moving, things were off by like 50 meters. Oh. So, 
basically had a big impact because the sensors didn't take into account the some of the sensors didn't take into account the leap seconds, but like the GPS stuff yeah, did. Yeah. So things weren't matching up, and like no one could figure it out. It took like a bunch of people several days to like figure Yo, this out. Is, like, why is everything seconds. shifted? Three seconds. <laughs> Come on, three seconds. It didn't make sense to so, like none of the algorithms were working. It's literally but. like me walking over there and walking back. <laughs> it's not even like that. Three seconds. So I imagine there was like that kind of problem like around the world. I don't know. That's a lot of seconds. It's like certain things like automatically do it, but like your sensor like in your, I don't know, radar or something isn't going to be, I don't know if that would matter for a radar, I guess. Does the, uh, but certain things, does the atomic clock take that into account in, Bol- in Boulder at NIST? I'm not sure. I don't know anything about the atomic clock. I know it uses lasers. I heard they had to like even like change the that or something. Hmm. I'm not sure. What do you think? I know it uses lasers. That's all I know. I don't know how it works. <laughs> I don't know how it works either. I don't know how they can broadcast the time like on a radio channel. I know across the world and like my little weather station picks it up. Wouldn't there be a delay in the radio signal going around the Earth? Yeah, you would think because you think it would bend in the ionosphere, right? I guess. Yeah. No, it's not strong enough. It's not. How? How could that be? I don't know. I used to get it in St. Louis. Microwave, dude. Long range radio, man. I used to get it in St. Louis. From where? You can get that like thousands of miles. Well, it's based in Boulder. You ain't get it from St. Louis. Mm Mm-hmm. But can you get it like New York City? I don't know. I assume so. I think it covers the whole U.S. It's just those little Oregon scientific stations that somehow attaches and connects to that yeah. signal. I don't know how it works, but no, I think it, I think you're right. So it just somewhere it hits an inversion and then like the sky, back. or it just hit the sky, <laughs> something like that. Mm, I, don't, I don't think it can like go through the the earth. Though. I don't think China not through like, the earth no, around no, the earth. I, I don't think it can go through China. I mean, no, I don't think it'll make it all the way over there. I don't think so because you know how can you go? Who knows? Through, like, how, uh, I don't know. How can you go through one hundred eight, uh, one hundred eighty degrees essentially? Because you go through half a circle, <laughs> right? I mean, how you have to uh, bounce off multiple times? You have to refract multiple times. I don't know the answer. But I just wonder, like, the signal would would got would got would got you know interfere so much. It it would just get like. You know, interference. Yeah. Because I guess it's, it's true. Refraction and, you know. Anyway, I, I'm i thinking. <laughs> I'm just surprised that... Oh, so I guess this, it would take less than, way less than a second to get to St. Louis. I mean, if it's <laughs> At the speed microwave. Of light. <laughs> Is it the speed of light? Oh, yeah. Microwave, yeah. Yeah. Oh, uh, okay. I guess I was thinking of... I don't know why I was thinking the speed of sound. I don't know oh. why. <laughs> messed sound? messed no. up, yeah. yeah. It has to be some kind of radio wave, microwave. Yeah, it has to anyway, be. Anyway, yeah. Wave. So yeah, that w- there wouldn't be that much of a delay. EM wave is essentially light. Be like a fraction of a second to get St. Louis. <laughs> so anyway, I don't know where we were going with that. But yeah, so we're looking for warmer than normal in February. Probably colder than normal in March. And then April's kind of a guessing game. <laughs> As far as the using the old data, but two of two of our three coldest marches happened in strong 
It'll be years. These are very cold days, like, I don't know, eight degrees below average. Which is, was the absolute, um, eight degrees below average, you mean? Like a 33 for a mean monthly temperature. When the average monthly temperature is probably like low 40s. That's like summer in Vermont, man. (laughs) Yeah, basically. So we have some cool plots on the, on this post you can look at. And finally, just the CPC, their seasonal outlook for kind of the next three months, February, March, and April. Uh, they're predicting an equal chance of temperature, so they don't really know, <laughs> more or less, and above normal precipitation. 40% chance of above normal precipitation in Boulder. That'll be good. What? We can avoid the fire season, hopefully. So I think everything kind of fit together nicely, kind of the, the I mean, they must be basing it off a lot off of El Nino, past El Nino's, uh, and also the client models are also agreeing with that as well, so. Why not, yeah. There's kind of really good agreement in everything, so hopeful that it'll verify. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll have a nice warm February, a crazy cold and snowy March, and mm-hmm. probably a snowy, but... Not too cold of an April. I don't know. What are your thoughts? Um, I'm not really sure. <laughs> You're like, I have no idea. I have one question about that, though. All right, what do we got? I saved it until now. You wrote it down? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> what? Oh, why, why do you think the storm track gets busier as you go into the transition between winter and spring? Storm track? Well, yeah. I mean, we tend to get our big snows well, I mean, in March and April. I mean, you're getting the moisture availability. More moisture? You're getting the return of the, I don't know, the sun coming back. You're getting a clash of the cold and the warm air. Okay, that makes sense. I mean, that's just right. The temperature gradient gets strongest in those times of year, right? Maybe. And so it gets enhanced in El Nino because you have a stronger jet? I disagree. I disagree that what you just said, that the temperature gradient is the strongest in the spring, I disagree. I think the temperature gradient has to be as strong as in the winter, overall. I mean, at least... I mean, between the pole and the equator, yeah. But you get your... I don't know. I think I'd you say you are, get your biggest I cold think, fronts, your strongest cold yes, front Yes, I think you're right in terms of individual storms that you would have the... the... Um, the quote-by-quote meetings of two different air masses Mm -hmm. in the spring that has the highest chance because you have more moisture from the south which are warm Mm -hmm. and you got more activity in the south say say like why does the tornado season is in the spring just the same reason it's just because it has different air masses meeting up in that part of the region which i think it applies to colorado as well However, in terms of uh, temperature gradient, I disagree because temperature gradient, uh, I still think it's the strongest in the winter. Has to be. Anyway, I mean, that's, that's that's more like a synoptics, yeah, like yeah. a discussion type of thing. But in terms of uh, storm or precipitation generation or production or storm, you know, production in general or cyclogenesis. Yeah, I think uh, for 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 Northeast Colorado setup, 
Yes, I, I agree with what you just said. Two, <laughs> two air masses. Woo! Two different air masses. Did I get a cookie? Higher chance to a higher chance to produce a, storm. produce a cyclonic circulation. Or just instability in general. What do you okay. mean? I mean, I know. I don't know. I've never known. What? You should know? I don't know. I've never figured out why it seems to be more active in the West Coast. Hmm. In the springtime. Have you know? I mean, sorry, uh, you mean the West Coast, West Coast? Well, I mean, not California, because they get more in the wintertime for them, like January, February. But, you know, just like Colorado and, you know, that transition season always seems to be key. But I guess you're right. It has to be what it is. I don't know. Well, we need that southern storm track. (laughs) Yeah. So why is the southern storm track getting more active? It's just getting warmer, and the ITCZ shift back to north. And okay. that shifting push back. That makes sense. I mean, dynamic dynamics-wise, I mean, that's, that's a quick and dirty explanation to me. I don't know. I mean, I'm sure people no, have done research about this. That's a logical explanation. Anyway. That's the only question I have. Yeah, I don't, I don't know a lot of what... Ben just said, all oh, Ben just did about the Enzo discussion. That was great. Yeah, that was good. It was pretty good. It's fun to I do learned, this. I learned a lot. Yeah. It was nice that everything fit together this time. There wasn't anything like, what? <laughs> anything like that kind of stuff. Like Everything seems like it should be somewhat of an easy forecast. I don't know. Nothing's easy. Yeah, I mean, nothing's easy. But we'll see. Did you notice if there was like um, a lot of a big trough in the Central Pacific right now? It's over, kind of like the Gulf of, uh, kind of like over the Bering Sea, Gulf of Alaska. I don't know. I didn't look west of there, but yeah, it looks like the trough in the East Pacific redevelops next week. Okay, or late next week. And it looks like it wants to push east and try and battle with the ridge. But the ridge is like uh, battling back. <laughs> it's like a clash of titans. Uh, hey, I like being on the warm side of that. <laughs> this is an interesting question. Like, Whoa, another question. Well, we can save it for another podcast. Yeah, go for it. If it's on but, well, when you notice like a lot of these Pacific storms that try to reach California, they, get, they, they like, intensify like in the Central Pacific. And then they push east, and they dissipate. Some of them get strong enough to reach the coast. Mm-hmm. Most of them either dissipate as they go, or they kind of retrograde and go northward into the Gulf of Alaska. So, I mean, part of that's due to the ridge, but I wonder if it's also due to a weaker temperature gradient as you go further east for less instability to maintain the so I was thinking. the strength. Because, like, it's such a large fetch of ocean. So you're saying that just... So you're saying that the storm has already formed. Yeah, it's like hard to, like... the surface low has already formed, and, they, say, the precipitation is already seen by, like, uh, space radar or satellite. Mm-hmm. Like, they start to form, like, off the coast of Japan. Okay. And, then and they, some so of them will move. The same thing happens in the Atlantic, though, right? 
I don't. I never. Really, I mean, <laughs> I don't usually look in the Atlantic either. You see, yeah, but there's a huge temperature gradient on the Atlantic coast. Yeah, so yeah. So storms form there and they go off and die. And I yeah, don't know, I mean that's what it has to Northern be. Northern Europe. Yeah. So the temperature gradient is weaker over there. Just kind of cool. It's like they hit a brick wall and they're like, ah, and they just like die. <laughs> well, it also depends on sea surface temperature. Does it? Yeah, I, I would think so. I mean, it's a bit warm by Japan. I mean, what do you mean by temperature gradient? You mean the surface air between the land and the ocean? Oh, I'm talking about on the just east the coast. sea surface temperature. Well, it could also be the land between the Gulf and the atmosphere the... too. You know. Uh, well, if you're just talking about already formed storm, and I think sea surface temperature play a bigger role, or at least a big role. In feeding back into a storm, because you need warm surface, yeah, water, and it's formed on the water. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, I'm just also wondering whether the temperature died. I don't know. I'm just also wondering whether the temperature gradient in the atmosphere, like in you know, eight say eight fifty millibars, it's going to be less over the ocean. Um, Probably right. It's less air masses. Because it's not going to be able to... It's going to yes. somehow mix with the... Because there's no mountains yeah. and no mixing, essentially. I mean, I, I agree. It will be... be I, mean, a I less, don't know. It's just interesting. It will be a less wave change. Because a high would just stay high. Or a low would just stay low. Yeah, service. I don't know. Yeah, you just kind of learn it, different things. It doesn't really change. Okay. Instead of looking at over the U.S., when you look over the ocean, you, you kind of learn different things. And you're like, oh. <laughs> okay, okay. I can't say I look out there too much. Oh, yeah, I never look in the Atlantic, so maybe I should start looking in the Atlantic. I just like to see what happens to the Nor'easters after they yeah, it's kind of cool. Yeah. They yeah. go up near Greenland or Iceland and or Nova Scotia or go on their way. Yeah. That's all I had, so. Cool. Um, great, great topic of the week, Ben. Topic of the week. Topic of the week. Topics. Hey, that was a good filler topic. Filler? Or. Next week? Killer. Uh, <laughs> killer or and like, filler. Or like, uh, yeah, uh, after listening to Ben, uh, I'm ready to go to bed. Or I'm already asleep. Hey, man. Or. Next week. Good stuff. Next week, Joseph will have the podcast, the top topic of the week. Uh, no, I won't. Tom Brady's <laughs> deflation techniques. Tom Brady. The- <laughs> How the atmosphere played a role. Oh god, Tom it wasn't Bra- his fault. Tom- I don't know. I don't. I don't talk about weather that much. I mean, Ooh. Tom Brady's apology for not beating the Broncos. I mean, <laughs> oh god, he's golfing. Still, still a bit. I mean, I thought uh, listeners would send us emails, but clearly only one. But I don't think that is. Directly respond to us. Well, not to our shout out, but whatever. Hey, we got a record number of listens last week. How, how many? You mean last time? Yeah. Or last week? Last week. Because last week we didn't do any. Last show. Day. Okay, last show. How many? I'm just kidding. Oh. <laughs> Darn, you have me wait, waiting to hear the answer. Oh, really? I don't know how many we got last week. We pretty much get the same every week. Oh, okay. More or less. We'll let our list go. 
let our listeners know we may say it's more than fifty, but less than five hundred. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's the same with the El Nino statistics. It's mean, <laughs> yeah. not really significant there. That's, that's, that's lame, but okay. <laughs> we should probably let our listeners know we may record a future podcast down the line in a Boulder brewery in the future. Yeah, to be determined. So we'll let you know. Yeah. That's all ahead. It's in the works. You're getting there. But I guess we can uh, sign off here. Yeah, unless you guys have anything else. Joseph? I just want to know how many listeners was listening <laughs> last time. I mean, that's fine. I mean, I don't need to know now. We'll figure it out. We'll get you the numbers. Take it easy, guys. Enjoy the rest of your February. Yeah. Warm. Catch you soon. All right.